Chrissy Regan and welcome to my first interview of 2020 for the Wellness School and I'm joined today by the lovely Kim Stevenson. Hi Kim. Hi, I'm so, excited. Yeah, I can see you're holding a baby so we're going to talk about that in a moment but for everyone's benefit, um, Kim Stevenson is um, an author. She's written an amazing book called Empowered Eating and we're going to talk about that today. Kim is also an Australian athlete and Commonwealth record holder of 63 kilo bench press. So I'm excited to have you today to talk to Kim because we're going to chat a little bit about food, um, emotional eating, empowered eating and how we can balance um, working, mumming and staying healthy. So thanks for joining me. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. So um, one of the questions I had for you is, why is it that people turn to food instead of talking, do you think? Partly, I think, because of society. We've been told through society not to feel our emotions, but also coding from childhood. I, for one, know that in my childhood, we weren't allowed to cry and we weren't allowed to show anger in a healthy way. Like all these emotions are healthy, but we've been taught not to show them and that you have to put on a mask and then it all gets squashed down with food instead of feeling the emotions. So we're taught that emotions are wrong yes. unless they're happy and then that's the only emotion that you can show to the world. Yes. You know, I had this thing that I've realized recently that, you know, the generational thing of being seen and not heard and don't cry over spilt milk and don't sweat the small stuff and all of these things. These are the reasons why we've never been taught to feel and express our emotions in a healthy way. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. We were taught in the car that you don't speak while you're in the car. And at the dinner table, the news is on and you don't talk during dinner. Yes. And all these occasions as kids that we were, as you said, seen and not heard. Mm. So I definitely agree with that. It's, and I talk about coding with clients. It's like we're a computer program and we're coded. Mm. Those things that we are taught as kids become our coding as adults unless we start to challenge them. Yes, it's so true. And what was the journey that you went on to discover a way to be a more empowered eater? So... My journey is a little bit crazy at times. When I grew up in domestic violence, then I had an ex-boyfriend commit suicide. I had my biological father leave when I was two. And there was all these pieces of the puzzle that were all over the shop and all mixed up. And for me, I had to connect with my biological father and choose not to continue that relationship for me to find that piece of the puzzle and realize that it doesn't fit because I kept fueling that hole that empty hole with food mm-hmm. alcohol and unresourceful behaviors because for me I hadn't dealt with my childhood I hadn't dealt with all the trauma I'd been through and then I was soothing myself with food and as we were talking about wearing the mask and not talking about my emotions everything got soothed with food and I also did three years in bodybuilding as well and that was a very strict regime But in the background was this all or nothing perfectionist mentality that I had, that I had to be perfect for everybody to love me because of what I'd been through through my childhood. So again, it was that pursuit for happiness, pursuit for everybody needs to be loved. I need to be perfect for everybody to love me. But it all 
had a back on to food, which was if I stick to a really strict diet of chicken and broccoli, then uh, I'm going to be perfect and everybody loves me. And I got to the point where for the Queensland Championships, I was 46 kilos for stage, which is what I had wanted to be. But I was binging that week of my comp because it was, again, this pursuit for happiness and pursuit for everybody to love me. I knew something was wrong. And then I went on a journey through counselling and psychology, but I actually found a life coach helped me more. And I'm not saying that either of those modalities are wrong. They were just not the right one for me. And that's where the life coach helped me look at my stories of my childhood, look at my coding from my childhood, and then find more resourceful ways to deal with it. Mm. And then from there, I moved into powerlifting. And powerlifting, I learnt a concept called flexible dieting where it wasn't just about a meal plan and chicken and broccoli diets and being really strict. It was the occasional, yes, I can have chocolate occasionally. Yes, I can eat one or two slices of pizza with family and it is okay. I don't have to be perfect for everybody to love me. So that was part of my journey. Yeah, because you had to kind of go deep to um, unanswered questions inside yourself is really what step one of my book is about. And step one of my wellness school is to go to all those unanswered questions and to try and figure out some of the whys. And, you know, and those yep. are really big whys that you had to discover, which is why you were an emotional eater, why your childhood had had the impact on you. And a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to go to those painful places or those deep places that enable us to discover who we really are and why we are, why we are the way we are. So, you know, well done, because I think it's a painful process and not everybody wants to go there, do they? But I believe that if you don't go there, you're going to keep doing the same behavior. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. You can diet as hard as you want. You can train as hard as you want, but you're still going to sabotage your results Mm -hmm. if you don't look at the reasons why. Or language that I use is coding. If you don't look at your coding, Mm -hmm. then you're still going to do the same thing, which is sabotage your results with food and have an unhealthy relationship with food because you're still soothing all those unresolved issues all those unresolved whys yeah it's it's true it's very very true and I talk about that a lot in my book as well so what prompted you to write your book because obviously I didn't say at the beginning but you and I met at when we launched our book almost a year ago in February in Melbourne last year and we flew back home from that book launch and basically the whole world went into lockdown (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty crazy, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, we've done this exciting thing, but then the world just went crash. Uh, So when, for me, my biggest drive is to help people, to touch, move and inspire, particularly women, to have a healthy relationship with food so that they can go on and be awesome mothers, they can have their place in the community and impact others through their community Mm. or they can go through that promotion at work, they've got the confidence because everything comes back to that coding or that why and when that's not resolved, you don't have that inner confidence to do and show up in the world that we want to. Mm. For me, to be able to help people do that, that's my big driving force. And especially, and I say this and it sounds quite morbid, but to still help people when I'm six foot under, they can still find my book on Kindle. They can still find my book in Booktopia and still be able to help them. But also, obviously with bubs now, 
I can't always do, I've got limited hours that I can do face-to-face coaching or phone coaching. So I want to be able to help people without them having to coach with me. And that's why I wrote those 12 steps because they're tried and true methods that I've used with all my clients and myself to be able to move forward to have that healthy relationship with food. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? And it's like a legacy to people that you can leave for a long time. And I talk a little bit that about my clients as well, like thinking about what is your legacy. So well done. Yes. So um, we're going to share your book. Do you have it next to you? You can hold it up at all. Ah, no, I should have done that. <laughs> it's called Baby Brain. Uh, Natasha's got 12 weeks old and I don't think ahead as much as I used to. Okay. You can all the links, you can send me a picture and I'll put all the links for everyone. They can check it out. And but that's available to order from your website and on Kindle and most major online stores. So it's called Empowered e- Eating by Kim Stevenson. Awesome. So um, since becoming a mum, so congratulations on your baby. You didn't tell me you were pregnant when we were boogieing at our book launch. (laughs) But um, I realise now in retrospect that maybe I should have picked up on some signs. Um, Since becoming a mum, have you noticed your habits and rituals have changed and what's kind of been the impact on your eating habits? Because I know as the mum of two small children, my eating habits have completely changed. Uh, it's more looking at easier ways to do things like meal prep. So meal prep, I've resorted to instead of chopping all my veggies, I just get the fresh cut up. Uh, my mix at the moment is from Coles. It's just got broccoli, cauliflower, beans and carrot. And I just throw that in the steamer. Mm-hmm. I have biltong on hand, which is like a jerky. And that's something that I can eat with my hands. When I do get the opportunity to cook, and obviously my husband helps a lot, Mm -hmm. I cut up all my food. It's meal prepped, so Mm -hmm. there's batches of it. And it's cut up in, like the chicken breast is cut up in pieces so that if I need to, I can eat them with my fingers. Mm -hmm. Um, I've resorted to shopping online. Mm -hmm. So things like that, I've just found different ways to do it. Like I used to spend three or four hours meal prepping. Now it's finding the easiest convenient ways to do it so I can still eat healthy foods instead of going for I don't know ordering takeaway or something like that because that's not part of my coding that's not part of my world to eat unhealthy food I just had to find easier ways to do it yeah and it's like uh, there's chicken breasts at Coles that you can it's already cooked it's cryvacked and I eat that so yes it's not meal prepped for me but it's still food yeah it's healthy food yeah, so I was the same. Like when I was breastfeeding, I'd have the supermarket app on my phone and I'd be ordering my groceries. While yes. <laughs> and I remember like going to the, sometimes going to the supermarket by myself now is such a joy. <laughs> uh, I haven't done that in 12 weeks, <laughs> but that's okay. You'll get there. You'll experience that joy in the future yourself. Going to the supermarket alone is just heaven. <laughs> um, but yes, okay, that's true. And I did a similar thing, you know, is you still want to be able to eat healthy, but also you mm. need eat more regularly especially when you're breastfeeding and to be able to yes. eat one-handed while holding a baby <laughs> it's such a skill that's just not talked about enough I feel um so I even had my husband cut up my steak for me <laughs> but while we're at the dinner table I feel like a 12 a two-year-old but hey you need chicken kebabs on a stick <laughs> yes um, what advice would you give to people who want to um, use food less as a way of coping with stress? And, you know, because I've recently done a survey of some clients and a lot of them mm-hmm. say they turn to food when they're stressed. So what's your thoughts on that? So first of all, looking if you can ditch, delegate or do, 
So can you ditch the activity? Can you give it to someone else? And I'm a big believer in outsourcing. It actually took me until I was pregnant to outsource and get my first VA, virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. And then it might be having a babysitter or having a cleaner or getting a meal prep company to Mm -hmm. organize your food. What can you outsource to someone else to make your life easier, especially in regards to the stress? Then, and I did this activity and it's also in my book where inside my pantry door was different activities that I could do when I was stressed or when I felt particular emotions. So I felt this emotion, I could do this. So if I was angry, I could punch a pillow. Mm-hmm. If I'm stressed, I might need to go for a walk or listen to something motivational on YouTube. So identifying the emotion because stress, there's an underlying emotion behind the stress mm-hmm. and overwhelm. So it's finding ways in which to deal with that emotion that doesn't involve food. Mm. If it's overwhelmed, you might have to write a to-do list or chunk it down into bite-sized pieces and go, okay, today I'll do this activity and it'll take me 10 minutes and this activity might take me 20 minutes, but that's all I have to do today. Mm-hmm. So just really pulling back that self, uh, that discipline where I know for me, having bubs now, I go, well, okay, if I only do two tasks, it's okay. I don't have to resort to that self-discipline and pushing through. Mm -hmm. I give myself permission to do two easy tasks. Mm -hmm. So it's pulling back on that stress in a different way. Mm. And you're ranked number four in the world when it comes to bench press for 63 kilos um, weight division. And so... Tell me a bit about what that's like and what your hope is to do after, you know, you're still, a, you're, you're a mum now and what are your aspirations for sport to continue? So my goal is to get back to the platform by about June, depending on obviously COVID restrictions here in Australia, mm-hmm. but to be able to do a comp, a New South Wales comp or an ACT comp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be a couple of years before we can travel, obviously, with COVID. So that COVID's put another layer on top of all of this. Mm-hmm. But I'm back in the gym training. Uh, I've, I'm about 60% of what I used to be able to do, but that's all just part and parcel. I trained all the way through my pregnancy right up until the day before she was born. Mm-hmm. And for me, that helped maintain my strength. I took four weeks off. Then I've slowly eased myself back into it. Mm-hmm. and now. I'm training still probably only at that 60% capacity, mm-hmm. but over time it will increase. And then I will get back to the world stage. And my big goal is to get a double body weight bench. So mm-hmm. my current bench is well, was 117 kilos mm-hmm. and I want to get to 126 mm-hmm. and get higher on that platform. So instead of fourth, go for a second or a third place instead of fourth. So it will happen. It's just, I don't have an exact timeline on the world stage. I have a timeline on what I'll do locally and nationally, but just mm-hmm. not internationally just yet because I, I don't know like how I'll go. Mm. And may I ask, how old are you, Kim? 38. 38. So this is my first bub at 38. Well, I had my thir- first daughter at 39 and I turned Me? She was, I turned 40, she had her first birthday and then I turned 40 a few weeks after that. So I too am an older mum. <laughs> and I love that, that we can show that we can still have a healthy pregnancy, we can still run our businesses and do all the things. Yes, it's true. And um, why is sport then such a big part of your life still, do you think? And what do you, you know, what's motivating you to want to keep those, you know, international standard goals? 
the big one is to show her what's possible. Mm-hmm. So most of my career has been about showing other women what's possible, mm-hmm. but now the most important person is her, showing her that, yes, as women, we can chase our goals. Yes, mm-hmm. as women, we can train and be strong. We can be healthy. I want to be that role model for her that she can go off after her dreams, that anything is possible if you work hard for it. Mm-hmm. So she's my motivator now yeah it's true like my two girls were my motivation to get healthy because I was living an incredibly unhealthy life and I had you know damaged my health significantly through overwork and stress and not eating right and not exercising you know and you know too that I was um, an international athlete at one point in fact here's my last world championship Ah! (laughs) that's awesome I was 27 in Poland that's my best friend so um but, you know, it's funny because I, I was reflecting today, like I was 27 in that photo. And after that World Championships, I made a decision to be um, to be a serious adult and to stop spending all my money having fun and wow. traveling around the world and doing sport. Because in a lot of instances, mm-hmm. you have to pay for yourself, as you would know. Oh, yeah, I do. Very, <laughs> I got to pay for my drug testing. Hello. <laughs> very very expensive hobby you know and um, Mm. I decided that if I wanted to have a home and to have other things in my life I needed to stop doing this fun stuff so but then I now in reflection realize that when I made that decision to stop having fun and being fun and doing things for fun you know my health Mm -hmm. downward spiral and I've really tried to help people now understand the fact that we need to have fun in our life we need to do exercise just for fun we need to take time out to you know stop being so busy trying to achieve 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 because at the end of the day if we don't have our health we there's no point having any wealth is there exactly and health is the one thing that you can't buy exactly you can't buy and to put a deposit on that and go yeah I want that Mm. we've actually got to do the work now and doing the work now before it's too late yes it's so true may I ask you for some a couple of tips for emotional eaters to finish please Mm -hmm. definitely look at your coding or your whys Mm -hmm. that's the biggest one because my book isn't a diet book. It isn't about the actual food. It's about the mindset relating to food. Mm-hmm. And I've read your book and they do actually go quite well hand in hand. So mm-hmm. it is looking at that coding and then finding resourceful ways to deal with your uh, emotions. So instead of eating your emotions, what are some other resourceful ways that you can express that emotion or feel that emotion? Because emotions are okay. Mm. It is safe to feel your emotions, not stuff them down with food. Mm -hmm. So look at your coding and resourceful ways to deal with your emotions. Those are awesome tips. Thank you. I will be repeating those to my to my colleagues and clients in the future. Thanks for joining me today. So um, I know that you're loving being a mum, and she is (laughs) she is gorgeous. And I'm wishing you a successful year. And I'm going to see you again soon. Thank you. Yes. Take care. Bye. Bye.